All right, as we round out our Friday edition of the show, we thank uh, Cameron Moore from the Wilmington Cape Fear Home Builders Association talking a very timely topic, of course, uh, with us uh, twice a month on Fridays as part of our construction connection discussion surrounding uh, growth, development, uh, the construction industry here in the Cape Fear region. Yael Osowski rounds out the guest list as he does every Friday morning with us just after 9.30 Eastern time for the Consumer Choice Center, host of the Consumer Choice Radio Show. And a big congratulations first and foremost, uh, Yael, uh, you and uh, your colleague Dave Clement, now syndicated in two cities in two different countries. It's amazing. The transcontinental conversations we're able to bring our listeners each and every Friday here on the Big Talker FM, courtesy of the Consumer Choice Center. Good morning, my friend, and congrats. Well, thank you. Yeah, good morning. I, I guess my identity crisis is now in radio form. So good to know I got a foot in each uh, in each country and our, our message can continue going on. So a lot of people in Toronto, Ontario are going to be hearing about Wilmington and the Big Talker over the next couple of weeks. So I love it. That's all we need is a more snowbirds to uh, find out about our beautiful coastline here in southeastern North Carolina. Well, you you don't need to worry about uh, Canadians. Uh, you've definitely been reading this, Joe. But if they leave the country and come back in, uh, they have a two week mandatory quarantine in a hotel that they must pay for themselves. So pretty sure you're not going to have too many snowbirds hanging out around Wilmington anytime soon. In fact, I kind of noticed that when I was in Florida. By the way, the freedom-loving state of Florida uh, one, uh, during Christmas break, uh, usually that time of year, you know, littered with uh, uh, Quebec and other type of uh, license plates uh, from north of the border. By the way, you're terrible drivers uh, up there north of the border. Just to just to let you know. Yeah, those those are only the English Canadians. I blame them. Uh, it's, it's all their faults. The French Canadians were typically pretty good at the wheels. And uh, considering I got NASCAR in my family, we're probably the best. No question. And uh, on that note, and uh, to talk a little bit about uh, the Consumer Choice Center and uh, you know the issues that you advocate for you know, all across the country, just kind of give us the landscape as far as you know where you have influence and uh, where you have colleagues all over the the world, and some of the different dynamics that uh, you know each uh, individual. Uh, member of your organization has in pushing certain consumer choice issues, I don't know, say in uh, parts of Europe uh, where you are or here in the U.S. as compared to uh, Dave up in, uh, you know, Canada. Uh, just give us a little description as to you know, what what life is like and what the, some of the issues are that you guys advocate for all over the world. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of them in the different countries and areas. It's really going to depend on what's hot in the news or what's hot in the uh, regulators' hands and pens. So a lot of our work right now is being done in the European Union. Uh, so that's in Brussels. That's the capital of Europe. So if you've heard anything about the vaccine rollout in the European Union, it has been catastrophic. And uh, that's something that we've definitely written about, uh, been featured in media. We've, uh, we actually have a very good group of parliamentarians that we work with there in the EU to try to push consumer-friendly policies. So we've been trying to criticize what's been happening. There's a lot going on there. Brazil, uh, we actually do have a, a pretty good, significant uh, team down there as well. They're working on a lot of the uh, taxes that are on products like alcohol and sugary drinks. Uh, they're trying to make sure that vaping remains legal. There's a lot of that. Also with digital competition, there's a lot of uh, laws that actually try to make it illegal to have something like Netflix in Brazil. 
and our team was successful in pushing back against the regulator to make sure that there could be competition in that broadcast and online streaming space. So Netflix was saved. And then across North America, you know, we have fellows and colleagues who are anywhere from California to D.C. itself. And a lot of the stuff that we've been working on is the civil liability laws, uh, the liability shields. Uh, that's something that we've definitely been pushing in places like Florida and uh, North Carolina, making sure that we can get responsible schools and businesses to open up again in the pandemic. And now we just opened up a new branch, Joe. Uh, I'm working with a couple of Indians. Uh, so we're actually working on uh, a couple of projects out in the, the Philippines and in India and Indonesia. So I'm, I'm working with colleagues daily, basically going through, combing through a lot of the consumer regulation that's happening in these areas and making sure that they can have things like ride sharing, home sharing, uh, low taxes on the products that they enjoy, much more competition in the digital space. It's uh, it's kind of, it's it's fun to do this. It makes for, for long days and nights and uh, doesn't help being in all types of different time zones, but it's fun to continue uh, working with the big talker to tell some of these stories and, and hopefully, you know, get some influencers on the line so we can talk about this and expand it even more. Yael Lasowski from the Consumer Choice Center uh, joining us uh, here this morning, just giving us a little overview of what the Consumer Choice Center does and uh, how they're trying to impact uh, uh, the world from a consumer choice standpoint to, you know, all over uh, this uh, vast Earth, uh, planet Earth uh, that you and I reside on. Uh, Yael and I still am amazed that uh, the connection we have, uh, meaning the technical co connection that we have. Yeah, uh, right, Joe. Yeah, right. Basis. I mean, I, we have a really good connection. Uh, but, uh, you know, the con literally, you sound like you're sitting across the uh, across the office from me. And we get phone calls sometimes. Like TK called me uh, this morning, and you could barely hear him while he was phoning in. It's amazing uh, what modern technology can do these days, even though, you know— you know me, often very critical of some of the platforms uh, we're on on a daily basis. Yeah, well, I was glad to hear TK there in the studio, and it sounds like he's got some good projects he's cooking up. But, man, that's why I love the Internet. There's there's a lot of great things you can do on here. And uh, speaking of my colleagues, by the way, Joe, uh, our, our uh, good friend David, whom I do our radio show with that's on Saturdays, he actually had an interview on NPR yesterday, uh, NPR down in South Florida, arguing about whether or not to ban plastic bags or all single-use plastics. Uh, so he was part of a pretty interesting debate down there. Uh, you can imagine a group like ours, you know, uh, we we tend to fight a little bit with environmentalists, so that was quite fun, but it was is cool to see that even us that's, you know, promptly featured on Big Talker can show up on NPR and still swing our hammers there too. Well, you know, and when we talk about, uh, you know, you often butting heads with environmentalists and others who are moving that, you know, kind of new Green Deal type of uh, cause and uh, frame, uh, you know, frame, frame of mind. Uh, when you start to think about some of these uh, conversations, you have highlighted in past appearances uh, a more well, a younger and more conservative leaning group of environmentalists who are trying to make an impact uh, through, you know, the private sector, I meaning that business, you know, at the end of the day, if consumers are leaning towards this or that, that ultimately it's the free market capitalism and, uh, you know, the private sector that can uh, make end roads, you know, a lot more efficiently, effectively and affordably when we talk about, uh, you know, environmental causes. Yeah, it's a lot about innovation and, you know, what businesses are able to do. And it's something that is never taken into consideration when they meet in global capitals like Paris and come up with these huge accords 
you know, really where a lot of the impact is going to come from are local businesses that come up with solutions, figure out ways that we can better recycle plastics, figure out better ways that we can use our trash. I mean, this is this is where truly the innovator comes to shine. And it's not going to come through a large tax plan. And uh, that's why this weekend, actually, on Consumer Choice Radio, we're speaking with the critic in the Canadian government. So it's the guy who's basically sitting across from Justin Trudeau's government. He's the environment critic, so he actually uh, discusses with us some of the climate change plans of the Justin Trudeau government and sort of what the conservative party up there favors. And, uh, you know, he'll talk about innovation. I'm sure he'll talk about all kinds of uh, companies and their roles and what they're doing to try to really change our view on the environment and figure out ways that we can uh, get rid of all the negative externalities. So I, I think there's there is a, a larger understanding of this. It's not going to come from Washington D.C. bills that try to mandate solar panels on the merchants in building. It's actually going to be innovation uh, that turns this stuff around. Yeah, Elk, you mentioned your love and passion for the internet, and we know that the way of life you know has steered, particularly when it comes to you know the consumption of news and media. You know, platforms, uh, digital platforms, and we see with the advertising dollars, you know, going all in. And in fact, I think the first time ever this year or this past year, where advertising dollars dominated the digital platforms and companies, uh, you know, overspent uh, through this venue as compared to the traditional forms of uh, media, uh, television, radio, for instance. Uh, print media has been a, a dying breed for you know quite some time now. And even with the big game coming up uh, this Sunday, you're seeing some of the you know iconic brands here in the United States of America pulling their ad dollars from what was you know for a lot of people uh, who weren't necessarily football fans the only reason why they watched the big game for the commercials. No Budweiser Clydesdales uh, this year, thanks China. Uh, no uh, Coca-Cola and Coca-Cola polar bears. I mean, w w what is going on in this uh, circus clown show that we're living in here where there's no Budweiser or Coca-Cola during the Super Bowl? Well, we'll have the Bud Light Seltzers, and I'm a huge fan of the Seltzers, Joe, as you know. Big so I, I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to the to media and the digital space, yeah, I mean, you guys should obviously support radio, support the big talker if you're a small business. <clears throat> just uh, just another mention. But looking at a lot of the ads that are being planned, and you know, those who have already released their commercials or you know are teasing them a bit, that they have kind of have the crisis. Okay, do we show the pandemic in here? Do we not? Do we kind of skirt around it? Do we try to show it? And this is just a general trend that we're seeing everywhere. And the absolute worst is on these medical TV shows. If any of you watch them, you know, there's all types out there. The episodes where COVID is present are the most depressing things we've ever seen in our lives. And I don't know how anyone can continue to watch this. They have to figure out a way to fast forward because it's really just totally depressing. I mean, it's depressing enough in reality. And then to actually see it portrayed in fiction is bad. And with these advertising, you know, schemes and things that we're going to see, it'll be really interesting to see how they do it. Uh, we're huge fans of, we did a whole episode actually on Consumer Choice Radio dedicated to the commercials last year because they're awesome and great. This year, I have no clue. I don't know if we're in that same mindset uh, many of us are not able to go to these stores. I mean, I'm able to go to the hardware store for the first time in four months next week, which is like one thing. I can only imagine in various parts of the country uh, where people still have some version of lockdowns, they're not able to. 
but it's definitely a, a negative mindset, you know, and I think any any brand that can reach consumers with positive thinking, with something that will improve their lives and, and really make us looking forward, I think that's that's going to be a lot better because it's uh, we don't want to see another person with a mask on TV. I don't know how much more often we need to hear this. I don't think we need to watch another episode about vaccines. We, we're filled with this stuff in, in the daily papers and on television. We don't need to have it in our fiction reality programs either. So that's, uh, that's one thing I hope we change, Joe. But I tell you, this is, uh, it's taking over all parts of our lives. And considering how far back a lot of these uh, you know, projects are that they film and put on TV, I, I would just hope this pandemic stuff is dropped as a storyline. You know, Let's get to next season, please. Oh, and, uh, you know, to think uh, no Budweiser Clydesdales. I mean, Budweiser used to come up with the, the best, the commercials when it came to inspiration and particularly, you know, here in the States, uh, you know, the, the patriotism of, uh, you know, Budweiser uh, and, and it not to it to be completely you know, eliminated this year because uh, they pulled their ad dollars. So this is uh, you know, sacrilegious. Well, uh, it's, I think. It's, it's all on it, Tom Brady's shoulders. He's got to carry it through for America. I mean, that's like, uh, you know, putting ranch on your pizza. I mean, really, yeah, I mean, who, who does that? Um, speaking of Tom Brady, uh, Yael, you know, here's an opinion piece for you. Tom Brady has gotten an undeserved pass for his past support of Donald Trump. Uh, that headline right there from the USA Today and the author Nancy Armour has, in fact, uh, secured my fandom for the GOAT. Uh, TB12 forever and ever. In fact, after I read that article yesterday, I immediately went online and uh, purchased my first ever Tampa Bay uh, piece of apparel with uh, Tom Brady's brand on it. Uh, she is encouraging uh, me to go purchase uh, you know, items related to a, a team and a franchise that I've never supported ever in my life. It's amazing what a news article can do for you. Wow. Yeah, you would do that. <laughs> I tell you, I don't like this witch hunt uh, that we were having. I think this is something that we've discussed on your program, Joe, the politicization of everything and how that carried through the last couple of years. I would hope this is over. But if we're going to go back and try to cancel Brady because at some point he was favorable to Don Trump, I mean, you might as well cancel the NAACP, Al Sharpton, Oprah, any of these people who've had Donald Trump on their television program or in their circles for the last 30 to 40 years. I mean, this kind of, you know, backwards history searching and deleting and canceling, this stuff is just not good. It's not healthy. It means that people are less likely to make, to share their opinions. It means everyone needs to self-censor. Uh, that's a, a huge problem that we don't discuss enough in our society is that people feel as if they need to self-censor their views or their thoughts or not associate with certain people just because of how they might be viewed. I mean, the whole point of this country is we're free to associate with whomever we want. And as long as we're not advocating violence, as long as, long as we're not trying to harm others, uh, we're free to do so. And I, I don't like this idea of going back and canceling because of something like that. I mean, Tom Brady is a amazing football player who's definitely going to probably win this Super Bowl. I'm not making my prediction here, but uh -oh. who knows? Uh-oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, to try to cancel him over some political thing, to me, it just seems like a cheap way to get clicks, which, yeah. uh, having been part of the media, I totally understand. All right, yeah, yeah, I don't think you're going to believe me when I say this, though. And I know, obviously, you know, we talk a lot about consumer choice and uh, trends in our conversations every Friday morning. Uh, we got word this week uh, that Jeff Bezos would be stepping down as the CEO of Amazon. And not to say my house is not filled uh, almost on a daily basis with uh, Amazon uh, Prime boxes that show up on our front door. I'm going to tell you right now, 
I have never purchased something on Amazon. Do you believe me or not? I sincerely don't believe you. And maybe you have not had an Amazon package shipped to your door, but you have touched an Amazon product in the digital space or something at some point. I have no doubt about that. And I don't know if you're shopping at Whole Foods either, so I don't know. I'm not a big Whole Foods guy, and I'm not a big Amazon shopper. Now, my wife, as I said, you know, there are, uh, there's probably four boxes this morning that are in the front of my uh, house, uh, but I have never – I don't think I've ever even been to the site to purchase something on Amazon. Well, it look, looks like Joe does not do the shopping in the Catanachi household. I'll tell you that right now because for the vast majority of other people, I mean the, the sort of consumer innovation that we've had on the Amazon level – has been pretty amazing. I remember using Amazon very, very early on, as I would, and it was only for books at that time, and I was the big nerd looking for books. I mean, at that point, I was looking for cheap textbooks for school, but I remember using it just for books and finding deals and shipping, and back then, it used to take three days. You can only use PayPal, and now you a lot of people in cities can get stuff delivered to their door in 15 minutes. They can get all kinds of fresh produce and fruits, uh, surely not where I live, but in other other parts of the of the country they can, and I think that's been great. And Jeff Bezos is someone who has taken what was essentially a, an online bookstore and made it into the global commerce hub. And again, maybe you haven't been to Amazon.com, but there's so many other products that they have. Uh, they run half the internet too with their Amazon Web Services, and uh, they're the ones who who kicked Parler off. That's a whole other discussion. But to say that Bezos has had a, a mark on society and helped improve consumers' lives, uh, I think it, it really is an understatement. And the guy's going to be a quadrillionaire by the time he dies and will have done great things. And I think that that's definitely something to, uh, to praise in this day and age, which uh, I think other wow. radio stations on the other side of the dial, Joe, might be going after his, uh, his estate and trying to tax him to death. I say let's, uh, let's, let's really support the great consumer innovation that's come from this company. The elitist, uh, Yael Lasowski, uh, siding with the billionaires. Uh, amazing stuff uh, here this morning on the Big Talker FM. Uh, this is, in my mind, what Yael was thinking in, in, in his uh, in his brain as uh, I was telling him that I've never purchased something at Amazon.com. You can whiz on my leg, but don't tell me it's raining. What do you think? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you Just because you swim against the current, Joe, doesn't mean the rest of us aren't uh, you know on our our uh, our nice beautiful surfboards going past you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me ask you one other thing. Uh, yesterday, we heard from uh, the press secretary uh, uh, for the Biden administration, and she had uh, something to say about this. After vaccinations are out and uh, you know as uh, cases drop, uh, she says that we're going to be wearing masks and social distancing forever, essentially. Uh, what we're also trying to do is make our health and medical experts available to ensure people understand. And I'll reiterate it here today: it's not just a vaccine, as obviously a, an incredible medical breakthrough, um, and we want every American to have one. But even after you're vaccinated, uh, social Social distancing, wearing masks are going to be essential, and we'll, we'll we'll need to continue communicating about that through health and medical experts. So forever, uh, Yael. Forever, forever, Yael. Wow, we're really playing with the uh, soundboard today. Yeah, I mean, I will definitely be do doing social distancing, and it'll be socially distanced from many members of the Biden administration, because that's not the deal. The deal was that we were supposed to have, you know, our mini lockdowns so we could get back to normal, get the virus under control. 
And then in record time, biotechnology and pharmaceutical companies whip out all these vaccines that are being approved at a record pace around the world. And even then, once we get jabs into arms, we're not allowed to go back to normal. I mean, this is insanity. This is not the bargain that many of us uh, were seeking. And, you know, places like in, like Florida, where they've bucked this trend, uh, where people are not getting as sick, where their vaccination programs are going at lightning speed compared to many places, especially North Carolina. I mean, I don't understand what's happening there in the Biden admin. I think it's to, to keep the predictions as gloomy as possible in the short term so that when they say, okay, two months from now, we're all good, we can get back to normal, they'll be viewed as heroes. I think it's a very cynical approach. They should just be honest with the American people. Don't don't sell us on this, uh, you know, future 1984 where everyone has to be wearing masks all the time. We have to get back to normal at some point. Uh, I don't know if it's just a cheap political posturing. I hope more people ask critical questions of the press secretary and we can really understand how we can, uh, you know, jumpstart our lives again, because uh, I'm pretty much over this, Joe. I don't know about you. Uh, we'll circle back to that next uh, Friday. Yeah, circle yeah, yeah. back to you. Circle back. Oh, yeah. Good. <laughs> it's always a pleasure, my friend. We'll catch up next week. Thank you, Joe. And thank you to the listeners. Keep on supporting Big Talker, guys. That's our friend Yael Asowski with the Consumer Choice Center. Think about it. Set it to-